Okay, let's see. So, it's beautiful things. In the parasha, we learned parashat Bereshit, Noach, and we're coming to Lech Lecha. Be'ezrat Hashem Yitbarach, parashat Bereshit, we start parashat Bereshit. Listen to this. Chava <coughs> makes a mistake, she sins, and, uh, and Adam Arishon sins. So, HaKadosh Baruch Hu appears to each one, and gives them their punishment. But when you take a look at the punishment, <coughs> comes out very interesting. Why? Pay attention to what it says over here. And it's very, it's, it, it just doesn't, doesn't fit well. I'm reading you what it says over here. Let's see. When we're dealing with the punishment that Chava gets for all womankind for future to come, and what Adam gets for mankind, it has totally different values. Let's see. It says by the Isha. Ela Isha Amar, Arba Arbe Itzvonech Veeronech, Beetzev Teldi Banim Veelishach Shukatech Vuim Sholbach. There's four curses over here. Four different punishments that a woman gets. What are they? Arba Arbe Itzvonech. Rashi says, what's Itzvonech? Zetzar Gidul Banim. Raising children. Raising children is a disaster, especially in this generation. Raising children is as hard as it gets. And every day it's a new challenge, which you thought already, that you know already how to raise your child. Next day it comes, already it changes. And it manipulates itself into a different way and different way, and it gets harder and harder as time goes. So that's the first curse, Zetzar Gidul Panim. Secondly, Eronech, Zetzar Haibur, which means a woman would have also hard labor. Hard labor. Nine months hard labor. Be'etzev, Tezibanim says, Rashid Zetzar Haleida. You'll have a hard delivery. delivery. <coughs> and then it says, which means she'll have also some kind of interaction with the husband that also occurs to a woman. It's also hard for a woman. We need to digest and analyze what it says over here. Let's go to men. When it says the curse for a man, or the punishment for the man, לאדם אמר כי שמעת לכל אשתך ותאכל מן העץ אשר ציוויתיך לאמור, לא תאכל ממנו, ארורה האדמה בעבורך ביצבון תאכלנה כל ימי חייך. What is the man getting? You'll have things that come out of the ground after you planted, after you worked, after you did so much work, you put so much work into the ground, instead of get, having something good come out of it, what comes out? It says over here, Rashi says, Person plants, he wants to grow wheat, and instead of wheat, what does he have? First he has all kind of different bugs, ants, zvuvim, paroshim, all kind of things. Doesn't grow what he wanted, no good. So he keeps on trying and trying until something grows. Now, I have in my shul somebody that actually goes and he has, that's his business. He grows dif- different kind of vegetables and fruits. And he brings them to, he brings them to, to the state and he sells them over here. And he told me that's exactly what happens. Unless you do it in a, in, in a greenhouse, it's very, very hard when you plant something to actually have a, something, a produce come out of it. So that's what it says over here. You plant, you toil, you work. What comes out? Zvuvim, paroshim. 
Nothing good. And he keeps on going. Those are the curses that Adam gets. It's very hard. You go to work, you go in the morning, 7 o'clock in the morning, you're already in traffic, run, running to work, and all day at work, it's It's very hard to actually bring bread to the house, to the table. Very hard. And then, the last curse is, You should know that in the end, everybody dies. Now, if you take a look at the curses or the, or the, or the punishments that a woman gets and a man gets, they're very different in one aspect. That whatever we had in the list for men, that same list belongs to a woman as well. The men list which has in it basically two categories. One, you'll have to work very hard, very, very hard. You'll have to actually go in the morning and have a fight throughout the day until you bring bread home. Yes? The difference is the woman gets everything <coughs> personal to her body. The man has to do with the actual work, the expansion of his energy, but it's not to his body. But let's see, let's see, let's see the question. Then we'll see answers. First, the question. What is the question? I'm asking like this. Well, before asking, I'm just categorizing. By a man, you see that whatever we have in those categories, they actually apply to women as well. She also, if she goes to work, she also has it hard. She doesn't bring uh, the bread. She's not, she's, not, she's not getting money in any easier than a man does. She also has to go to work and put a lot of effort in there. And in the end of the day, the klala of applies to a woman as well. Secondly, the klala that men received, and that is, that applies to a woman as well. The, the, the end of the day that everybody brings up is neshama to HaKadosh who applies to men and women alike. But when we're dealing with those things that a woman received, they apply only to a woman. For example, the hard labor. The hard labor is only for a woman, not for a man. The hard pregnancy, the hard delivery, the, even the hard time having, raising kids is basically more, much more for women than a man. Because normally it's the woman that raises the kid. The man comes at home at night, he sees his kids for half an hour, that's what he does. This is how it's always been in history. Women usually took care of the kids. That's usually how it is. But women goes to work as much as men. Even in, even in, in, in olden time, women went to work also. We have in the Gemara how much a woman has to go to work, how much she has to bring into the house. But she went to work and she had a hard time as well. So women, those things that apply to women, they're only for her. Where it says in it also that she'll have the hardship with her husband, this applies to a woman. She, what it says over here, that's by a woman, that's not by a man. So we need to understand why the Torah, when it's talking about men, it gave only for men. When it's talking about, uh, when it's talking about men, the, the klala was also for women. When it's talking about women, it was only for women and not for men. That, the question is understood? Yes. Too deep? Good. Listen to this. Beautiful. Second question. I want to ask you a second question. When you take a look at what a woman received over here, you see that it's not in a chronological order. Why? Because what does it say by a woman? 
You'll have a hard time raising kids. Raising kids, that's the last stage. Then it says, Veronech. Veronech means what? Rashi says, You'll have a hard labor, hard pregnancy. That's also not the order right now. And then, You'll give birth with etzev, in a hard way. It's not in a chronological order. It should have been first. It's a hard labor. Then she'll give birth. And then raise kids. Why is it not going in order? And this is the punchline over here, the punch point. And that is that really we're not dealing over here in a chronological order. We're just saying the hardship that a woman receives in the whole order of how hard it is. And that's the way it starts. Usually... Raising kids each and every day, as hard as it is, but it's not as hard as having the pregnancy itself, and definitely not as hard as having the delivery. Now, you have to understand, delivery in the time, in history, up to a generation ago, was something very traumatic. A woman after pregnancy, she would be trauma, it, it would be a trauma for years, for life. Because it was so, so, so painful. Men don't understand this. It's only in the last generation that they invented the, 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 the numb, right? And they give her the, the, the shot and she feels that she can go through it. And even then it's very, very hard. So having that was not at all available and therefore it would be the hardest of all. Secondly, the pregnancy itself. It's a very, very hard. Anybody that, uh, that's been, uh, with, with, with his wife, seeing his wife when she's pregnant each and every day is very hard as the time goes, climb closer to the ninth month. It's extremely hard. It's painful. It's heavy. It's hard. She throws up. She gets headaches. She gets sick. She, it's, it's, it's very hard. Raising kids is also hard, but each and every day is not as hard. Maybe if you say, you know, if you put all the years that a kid was, uh, was, was by his parents' house. What is it? it? used to be by 18. Today they stay until 28, until 32. They're still not married, right? So, I mean, if you put all of them, it's an impact. Impact. So maybe that's harder. Than, but we're dealing with each and every day. So it goes over here in order, slowly, slowly, raising the bar. First of all, it's hard raising kids. Each and every day is hard. But as hard as it is, it's not as hard as having a day of pregnancy. And a day of pregnancy is not as hard as having actually the delivery. That's very hard. Very, very hard. And therefore it goes in order. But guess what? This is number one, number two, and number three. You know what's number four? What it says in number four is, Which means... There's, absolutely. It means over here that a woman has that feeling of those feelings that the husband controls his wife and if he misbehaves to his wife, that is hard. But not only that it's hard, comes out over here the way the Torah puts it one after the other, that that is even harder than the first three. It's even harder than the physical pain of delivery. You have over here three things that are very hard, but that, Elishech Chukatevuim Sholbach, is harder of all. And this is what you see, Be'etzem, today very common. 
You see today very common that, unlike it used to be in previous generation, that a woman that got married, she knew she can't get divorced. It's like a, it's a one-way street. Getting married is almost like a one-way street. Why? Because if you don't like your husband, if your husband mistreated you, you don't, you don't have a choice to get out. Why not? Because getting out means being dumped to the street, nobody's taking care of you, you're not supported by anybody, you don't have a house, you don't have a home, you don't have uh, 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 bread on your table, you don't have who to take care of your kids, you're thrown out to the street. It would be a very, very hard thing. So people stay together. But today it's not like that. Today we get married and your husband said something that was uh, insulting. What's the reaction to that? A woman can't handle it anymore. You know, the statistically, who gets divorced today? Who wants, who asks for divorce? Who pushes for divorce? Is it a man or a woman? Much more, 70% more women, 30% men. Why is that? Why? Why, is, why does it work like that? Because, because, today, because today, a woman, since what we're saying right now, what we saw here in the Psukim, since a woman is so much dependent on her husband, She's dependent on the husband, not only for support, but she's dependent on her husband also to feed her neshama, her feelings, she, to make her feel her self-worth. A woman has that feeling, but she's very different than a man. A woman has that feeling that she wants to feel that her husband appreciates her, he loves her, he likes her, he take, he's, he's there for her. A woman that doesn't feel that, a woman that doesn't feel that, it's not worth it for her anymore to stay married. And when a woman feels that, even one time, she already seeks out. She wants out. She doesn't want to stay married. That's the way it is. And this is what we learn from this psukim. Because that, for a woman, much harder. Imagine, you said something to your wife, and you think, oh, well, I speak like this to my friend all the time. Nobody cares. But you said it to your wife, and she's devastated. She's not, she, she, she can't, she, she can't stop crying. What happened? Why is this? The answer is, because by a woman, since she's so much dependent, men don't like this, I see. <laughs> women do and men don't. I see over here women smiling, and over here the men are with sad faces. Let's just, let just say the way things are, and then we'll get the women as well. Soon the women will be angry at me. When, by the time I leave the door, everybody will be angry at me, equally. Equally. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> what are we learning over here? Uh, this is a very important point. The Torah tells us over here that by a woman, the physical pain is not as painful as the emotional pain that a woman feels when her husband didn't give her the right compliment, the right support, the right feeling, the, the feeling that he appreciates her. And that's the reason a woman, today, women are the ones that want, to, that want out. The problem with that, I want to explain to you, is that when a woman does such a thing, I'm not just so, talking to anybody over here, I'm talking about generally, women, men. And we, everybody in this world is either one of those or that. And, <laughs> and, and therefore, we have to understand the basic what the Torah teaches us in order to understand how to apply that to our relationship. What we're saying over here is the following. As it used to be in previous generation that a woman would take a little bit of 
hardship from her husband. He wouldn't be the best husband, but she would survive it, and she would uh, let it go, and eventually she, they would grow a family, she would have a nice uh, a, ni- a nice size family, and then they would have grandchildren, and they would, they would go and fight here and there, and eventually they grow together, and they go through life, whether it was with the better times or worse times, but they go through life today, Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. Today, a woman wants out. That's it. As soon as the husband said something to her, she can't handle it. But you have to realize, when a woman does such a thing, who's the big loser? Who's the big loser? In the end of the day, let's talk facts. Facts. Who's the big loser? Really, in reality, it's a woman, not the men. Why? The kids. Well, no question about it. I'm talking about right now, men versus women. The kids definitely, they suffer tremendously way and beyond. But just to explain to you, the big loser over here, by far, is the woman. Why is that? Because a man, when he gets out of a relationship, those are the facts. He goes out and he finds somebody else and he builds his life. He takes a little bit of time. He gets, he gets, uh, he gets a, a strong heat and he's, he, he goes through very, very hard one, two, three, four years of sadness and hardship, or whatever it is, but in the end of the day, before you pass, he finds somebody else, he builds his life, and all good, he goes through life, and he forgets about what happens. But a woman, does not, doesn't happen to a woman. When a woman leaves a relationship, what happens in reality, that's almost always, obviously there's always uh, those that are yeah, exceptions, now those that make it, have it differently, but normally that's what happens. What happens is, a woman... After she leaves the marriage, she's completely devastated. It takes her not two, three, four years to put her back, uh, her feet back on the floor and build up her life. It takes her way longer than that. And even then, it's already very, very hard. She's not anymore the 18 years old that, uh, that everybody were interested in her. It becomes a little bit differently when she's already now 32, 35, 37. Right? It becomes a little bit differently, and she has little kids, and she has a lot of things on her head, and, the, and, and, and raising the kids that we're talking about over here. So, Be'etzim, what happens is that right now, she made a decision. She thinks that that decision is a very wise decision, because her husband mistreats her. He spoke to, he misspoke to her. He's mis, he, he misspoke to her already a few times. Instead of trying to salvage this, she wants out. And she wants out, and she, there's a bait. In America, there's a very strong bait. What's the bait? The government will give you everything. They will give you the support you need, unlike it used to be in previous generations. They give you all the support you need. So you are protected um, with support. And they'll revenge 100%. You'll see that your husband really, your ex-husband really suffers in the end of the day. He would suffer, indeed. He would suffer for three, four years. He would suffer, but seriously suffer. See, it's a bait. If you fall for that bait, what happens is, in the end of the day, you'll be the big loser. And those are the facts of life. There's a doctor, a woman doctor, a Goyan, not a Jewish doctor, but she wrote um, a book, and she very advoc- she's an advocate on, on the topic that I'm talking about. She's, she calls it, Why Do Men Up Out of Marriage? You, they, don't, they don't get married. Why men don't get married? We're not, we're not talking about Jewish right now, but that has to do with our society, with Jewish society as well. Why men don't get married? Why not? 
Why less and less men get married? Why do they get married much later? And the answer she says is that men, before they get married, they go to college, they, they live a happy life, and they have whatever they want. Once they get married, they, can buy, they become confined. They can't do anything, anything that they want. They have a woman that's controlling them. After a couple of years, when they have a kid, and he's already hooked up with the family, and he can't leave, then she starts. Not everybody, not everybody but it's very common today. <laughs> then she starts. She, then she starts doing whatever... Uh, you know, start, start, start demanding things, start controlling him, starts uh, threatening with getting out. Once a threat of getting out, that means that every man understands. Get out, you don't see the kids, you're going to have a very large uh, support. You, it's a disaster, indeed. So they give that woman that bait. So this woman, this, um, this doctor, is advocating and explaining to women, you are, in the, in, in the end of the day, you are the loser over here. And she says, women come in colleges, they say, where are all the good men? We want to get married. Where's all the good men? And she explains to them, the good men are there. But they just don't want to get married. They're there. They just don't want to get married. They're scared of getting married. Unfortunately, this happens much less. But that happens also in our society as well, in the Jewish society as well, and we need to be very, very cautious with that, both men and women. Men has to understand that woman, once you hurt her feelings, it's so painful, it's more painful than the delivery in, 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 in the delivery room. As much as it, I mean, and not without epidural, without talking with epidural, we're talking over here without epidural, right? This is much more painful. That's why it's last in the list of pain or punishments. But when we're talking about a woman, take a step back. Something happened. Don't jump right away to shoot the gun. Don't jump. Don't take the bait so quickly. The bait is not so good. In the end of the day, they'll tell you, yeah, you'll get much better. It doesn't happen. It's not true. It doesn't happen. This is what we learn over here in this parasha. This parasha is very, very, very important. I want to take you to a different thing about... Noach. And we have to speak a little bit about um, simcha, happiness, and we see that's that idea by Noach. You know that Noach, after he was in the Teva, and he came out of the Teva, he comes out after the Mabur, he opens the door of the Teva, and what does he see in front of him? Nothing. Everything is destroyed. He doesn't see any more land. Everything is muddy. He doesn't see any more trees. He doesn't see any more animals. He doesn't see any more birds. Everything is devastating. Everything is dead. Everything is destroyed. It's terrible. It's terrible. So Noach, as the Zohar explains, I'm reading you a Zohar. Noach becomes very sad. Noach becomes very sad. It's very depressing what Noach goes to. Says the Zohar the following. When Noach came out of the Teva, he saw how the world was disaster, devastated, it was destroyed. He started crying. Noach started crying. He comes, he cries to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Not pray, he cries, he was sad, he was depressed. 
He says to HaKadosh Baruch how is that possible? You are called Rachum V'chanun. How did you destroy the entire world? It's the same feeling that the Jews had after the Holocaust. How could that be? How could that be? HaKadosh Baruch is Rachum V'chanun. They cried to HaKadosh Baruch how did you do such a thing? It's, it's, it doesn't make, it doesn't, it's very hard to, to understand such a thing. So HaKadosh Baruch answered him, whatever he answered him, he said, Shiv lo HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Amar Oe Shoteh, Achshav Ata Omer Kach, You're a foolish shepherd, now he's saying such a thing. Lama lo Amarta Kach, Shamarti Lecha, Ki Otcha Raiti Tzadik Lefanai Badora Zeh, You should have prayed beforehand, I told you, You're a righteous person, You should have prayed, You should have did, You should have went out, And tried to make people repent, And so on and so forth, Whatever it is. But we see from this Zohar, That, Noach was indeed said, or in the edge of depressed. Says the Tanhuma the following thing. You know that Noach, the very first thing that he did when he went out of the Teva, after he brings the Korban and so on, the very first thing he does in order to rebuild the world, what does he do? What does he find when you find a devastated world? Nothing's there. What should you do first? Should you build building? Should you first do like Yaakov Avinu did? He went to build a Bet Midrash. Should you build trees? Should you plant trees? Should you plant wheat? Should what? What are you supposed to do? What does Noach do? The very first thing, it says in the Torah that the very first thing that Noach did was he planted a vineyard. Vayachel Noach ishadama. Vaitakerem. That's it. He planted a vineyard. So, what was the purpose of of planting a vineyard? What was the person? What was the purpose of that? What was the pers- purpose of planting a vineyard? You can say a lot of different reasons. It says here, "Vayachel noach ishadama veitakerem vayesht min ayin vayishkar veitgal veitgal betoch haolo." Which means, it seems like very clearly from the psukim, the purpose of planting the vineyard was in order that noach should drink wine. He wanted wine. You drink wine. That's it. You want to be happy. Which means, you want to be happy. We all want to be happy. He wanted to make Kiddush. And he wanted to be happy. So, since Noah went through such a hard time, he was not happy. He was depressed. He wanted to drink a little bit of wine. Forget about the world. You want to forget. Sometimes a person with all the worries and all the hardship of the day, he just wants to go take a cup of uh, cognac, cup of uh, vodka, and you drink, and uh-uh. Tequila, and you forget about the world for a while, right? So, says the Midrash Tanchuma, Amur Abotein Uzal, Kshiba Noach Lita Kerem, Ba Satan Ve'amad Lefanav. When Noach comes to plant the vineyard, who stands in front of him? And Satan comes, he stands in front of him. Amar lo, what are you planning? Planting. Amar lo kerem, a vineyard. Amar lo mativo, what's the purpose of that kerem? So Noach started explaining to him, to the Satan, perotav metukim, sweet fruits, ben lachim ben yevashim, you can eat those fruits whether they fresh or they dry, you can eat grapes, you can eat them as raisins. You can make out of it wine. It's mesameach levavot, makes people happy. The pasuk says, ve'ayin esameach levavenosh, makes you happy. Satan told him, okay, sounds good. Let's be partners with these vineyards. Let's become partners. They build 
uh, they plant the whole vineyard as partners. Noach and the Satan. As the vineyard is starting to grow, Hevia Satan arrive arago. The, the Satan brings, first he brings a sheep. He brings it right under the vineyard. He shechts, he kills the, the keves, the sheep. Then he brings a lion, he, he, he kills it. Then he brings chazir, a pig, he, shech, he kills it. Then he brings a monkey, kof, and he kills it. And there's four different animals that the Satan brings and kills in the vineyard. What's the, what, what's the reason for that? Says the Midrash, Ramazlo, the Satan gave him a hint to Noach, and he told him the following. Before a person drinks wine, a person is very calm, like a keves. A sheep is very, he's, he's very calm, he's a, very, he's a calm animal, It's very calm. Afterwards, he drinks a little bit more. He becomes, he's not calm anymore. He becomes like a lion. Then he starts talking. Then he starts doing things. Then he starts moving. He feels that I'm, I'm the most important. I'm a hero. I can do things. If you overdrink, what happens? You become like a pig. You become dirty. You become, you ever saw this very, you, the, the, the people that are drunk, they, they become dirty. They become, and last, Nishtaker, if he comes really drunk, Nasakekof, he becomes like a monkey. The what? Omed, Umraked, he starts dancing, he starts singing, Mesachek, Motzilifne, Akol, Nivlutpe, Venoyodea, Mayase. All these things happen to Noach. That's what the Midrash says. Now, I want to ask you a question. When a person is unhappy, is depressed. Person is unhappy. Doesn't have to be depressed. He's unhappy. He has the blues. Such a person, if he takes a cup of of alcohol and he drinks it, or he takes drugs, he sniffs something, he sh- he shoots himself something, he injects himself something. Would that make him happy for that time that he's on the drug, on the alcohol? What's what would a person feel? When he feels sad, and now he wants, he wants to forget about life. What does he do? He takes a few cups, and he becomes a little bit high. Is he now happy? Did he really help him forget about life? The answer is no. It makes him more unhappy. Because you should know that alcohol is a depressant. And that means that a person that drinks alcohol is more likely... To get the blues. Studies show that a person that abuses alcohol is much more likely to become depressed. So if you see, we always have this question, maybe the depressed people or the unhappy people drink alcohol in order to forget about life. Or is it that when you want to forget about life, even when you're not depressed, you start taking alcohol and you become depressed. And the both are true. The both are true. Sometimes a person is depressed, he tries to drink alcohol, it makes him more depressed, makes him more unhappy. That's what happens. And that was the message that Satan gave Noah. You should know that Gaini Samach Levav Enosh is indeed true. You know when? When a person is happy. If you're unhappy, wine is not going to help you. 
Wine is not going to turn you, even for a short time, from unhappy to happy. But we have that mistake. Why would we have that mistake? Because a person that's unhappy, and even more so, a person that's depressed, that's the worst sickness in the world. A person that feels inside unhappy, that's the worst thing. Actually, today studies show that it has a physical reaction as well. The brain has a different when they make a scan on a person uh, on, on a person that's happy or a normal person, regular, even not a happy person, regular happy person, and they make a scan to a person that went through depression recently, it's a totally different brain. There's different reaction that happens to the body, even physical reaction, not only emotional. Therefore, person just wants to get out. He wants to he wants to find the quickest way. To relieve his pain. But what happens is, that doesn't help. Because the wine turns you around to become more unhappy. Not that you, don't, you don't become happy. You become more unhappy. Yain yesamach levav enosh is when a person is indeed happy. So when are you supposed to drink? When you're happy. You're happy in a holiday. What do you do? And simcha basar ve'ayin. On a holiday, since you're happy, a person feels happy, he drinks wine, he becomes even happier. Simchat Torah. You see, you, you have Simchat Torah. People are dancing, people are happy. You drink a little bit of wine, picks you up, you feel a little bit more light, and you can dance and you can feel good. That is the purpose of wine. Wine can help when you are already in such a status of happiness. Now, when who is happy? Who is happy? We want to know about who is happy, Right? Who is happy? Topic is, who is happy? How to get happiness? Well, this question is asked by the very first question in the Mikhtav Meliyahu. You ever heard about the Sefer Mikhtav Meliyahu? And he was a giant thinker. And he has a five-volume Seferi called Mikhtav Meliyahu. And the very first article, very very first piece he speaks about is Osher HaChaim. Being happy. Who is happy? And he says, if you try to go and research happiness by people, you, go, you can hardly find it. He says, if you go, you, if you ask anybody who is happy, they'll tell you rich people. Rich people are happy, right? That's, the, that's usually what people would say. He says, if you go, and by the way, it, it has truth to it. You know, this saying that money brings you happiness, and usually many people try to knock it down, Ravi, for instance, would definitely knock it down because he heard all the drashot saying, ah, money is not good. Who needs money? Money is not a good thing, right? Well, studies show that indeed money brings you happiness. It does bring you happiness. But a certain amount of happiness, it doesn't make you happy. It doesn't make you happy. But people with money are more happy than people that are poor. People that have the money to live a comfortable life, are more happy than those that are stressing, that are having a hard time. But the Mikhtar Meliyahu says, if you go speak to the rich people, they're not happy. It brings you a certain amount of happiness, but they're not happy. If you ask them, if we all know rich people, go and ask them. If, if a person really knows them, he knows they're not, they're not happy. They're not happy. You speak to them, ah, they're poor, full of worries, they're full of problems. They're this, they're that. Money doesn't bring them any happiness. Money brings them the comfort. They want to buy something new, they can have it. They want to go to a trip, they can have it. But it doesn't bring them happiness. Again, money is something very important. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking down money. Money is an important thing. It's a tool that can 
give you a little bit happiness, but that's going to make you happy. So the Mechlam Eliyahu says, okay, let's go to the poor. We'll ask the poor people. And he went to the ask the poor people. You research poor people. They're definitely not happy. They have it hard all day. They have hard. They can't pay tuition. They can't pay the, 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 the bills. They, can't, they don't have anything. That's very, that's very unhappy. Okay, good. It's not by them. Maybe middle class. Middle class have their own issues. Lemaise says in Mikhtam Eliyahu, who would you find happy in the world? And that is the secret. He says the Vikhtar Meliyahu that if you go to those that learn in Yeshiva, you'll see that they're happy. And it's true. It's true. I learned in Yeshivot throughout the years. And you go into the Yeshiva and people are happy. How do you know that a person is happy? You see, he sits down, he shines, and he sings. And he learns Gemara. You ever walked into Yeshiva? Walked into Yeshiva, go to... Men could go inside, women go to the ladies' section. And go at night... 10 o'clock at night, after Arvit, you have all the boys sitting down in their shtender with the Gemara, and they're singing, and they're clapping, and they're reading the Gemara, and they, and you see people that are happy. They are happy. You can see that. You want to see it in a different way? The least, if any, suicide rate is in Yeshivot, which means you're not going to find suicides in Yeshivot. Almost not. Almost not. When you go to colleges, universities, it's, it's skyrocketing. Why is that? People are not happy over there. So there's something there. We need to understand what is there that is in yeshivot. I mean, women should, should, women don't go to yeshivot. Women want to know what's the secret. Man, no, you go to yeshiva, you become happy. How does a woman become happy? The answer to that is that what brings you happiness is the feeling of feeling accomplished, feeling accomplished. You know, that a woman and men are very different in that. When we spoke in the beginning about the difference between women and men, you'll see that they're very different in how to get accomplished. We spoke about a woman. Woman gets accomplished by a family. She wants to feel that her family is successful, that her children are successful, but the ultimate that her husband appreciates her. Even the, even the boys that she has, the children that she has, in the end of the day, if you go to, if you dig in into her thoughts, into her heart, she'll tell you, I'm doing that for my husband. She'll tell you, your kids, your kids are doing trouble. Why she says, why she says your kids are doing, I'm doing this for your kids. Why is that? She, she, in the, in the ultimate mind, in the end of the day, Whatever she does is for her husband. Why? Because the feeling of accomplishment that she feels is if her husband really appreciates her. But a man, it doesn't work like that. A man goes to work. When a woman goes to work, what does she think? She goes to work. She thinks she wants to bring money for the house. She wants to make it more comfortable for the house. You know what happens when a man goes to work? When he, when he goes to make business. He doesn't think. He also wants money f- f- to support his house. That's true. But that's not his ultimate thinking. What does he think? He wants to be successful today. He wants to have a good business today. He wants that. He goes to a fight. You see, these people that have millions of dollars. And they wake up in the morning. They have enough for generations. They have enough to spend. It's endless. I know people like that. They have so much money that... If they wake up today and go to work or not, if they stop working, they still have money enough for themselves and generations to come. 
they can spend as much as they want. So why is it that they wake up in the morning full of energy and they're going to fight? 7 o'clock in the morning, they go, they pray, 8 o'clock, they're already in business. And they're fighting and every dollar matters. And if somebody, if they, if they made an extra dollar, so that they're happy and they feel accomplished. And if not, they lost the dollar, they feel, ah, well, what do you care? That dollar is not going to change anything in your life. Know why? Because by a man, when he wakes up in the morning, making, making the business, being successful, whether it's in business, or in studying, in, 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 in Gemara, in Yeshiva, whatever it is, that business deal that you made gives you the feeling that you are successful. By a woman, it doesn't work like that. If she succeeded or not, it translates, do I have for my family or don't I have for my family? Would I bring to my husband extra money or not? A husband, he will give money to his wife, but that's not the goal that he wakes up in the morning and he goes out to fight the day in the market, in the business. No, he wants to feel accomplished. In the last of his days, he still wake up in the morning and go to fight that business. Although he has few, few more days or weeks to live, he'll still wake up in the morning and go, he's not going to take it easy. Why? Unless the doctor tells him he has to. But otherwise, he went, why? Because the feeling of accomplishments that makes a person go. And therefore, women and men have that feeling in a different ways. The healthiest way to have that feeling is when you go to yeshiva. Why is that? Because money, when you go to business and you made money today, that's external. That's external. It's a success, but it's an external success. When you go to yeshiva and you're successful and you understood the Gemara and you understood what happens and you said a pshat and you really said something that was very, very good, that's not external. You're building your mind. You're becoming a more successful, really more successful person. Your mind is the most important thing that a person has. And therefore, if you sharpen it, Chazal say, you have to sharpen your mind. So, when you go to business, you make an extra dollar, and you'll have another, I don't know what, you made today another $10,000. That's very nice, very nice. I'm not knocking that down. You feel successful, and it's a good feeling, and you should do it. But that's not the ultimate. What's the ultimate? Feeling that feeling of success in your mind with learning Torah. And same thing with women. Women's success, the inner success by a woman is to feel accomplished in the family. She built up a family. She has good kids. She saw that the kids are really growing the right way. They're going the right way. A husband, she has a husband that really is successful. Eshet chayil mim that is the difference between the woman and the man. And that's how it ties up to happiness. That idea of happiness by men and women, the common denominator is feeling the accomplishment. Men, since they're made so different from women, feel that accomplishment in different areas that women do. But in the end of the day, if you want to be happy, that's the way you are happy. If you think that you want to be happy, you'll use the tools that Noah used, you'll have the Satan coming to remind you that it starts off like a sheep, and then it's a lion, and then it becomes like a pig, and then it becomes like a monkey. But you're accomplishing nothing, you're just intensing your sadness, and you made it instead of a little bit sadness, you drank and you take a little bit drugs, and now, not only that it intensifies the sadness that you have, 
but you might lose also your job, your relationship, your friendship, and many other things, your bank account, if you go gambling, and who knows what else. So this is today's conclusion that you have to get to the right path to get the happiness, and the right path is feeling accomplishment in the right way. Thank you for listening today. Oh, the four levels are the following. Listen to this. It's beautiful. Listen to what he said. He said that a woman... He said like this. It doesn't work in a chronological order. The Torah says that first of all... No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. It seems like there's one missing. What is it? relationship with uh, communication with your husband. That's what he said. That's the last one. It's a missing of relationship. That is the most painful thing. That if a person that that, 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 that listen 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 to, listen yeah. to the way the Torah says. That's exactly what I was saying. Torah says like this. Listen. What it's Vonech we explained raising kids. Raising kids as hard as it is. Today, I had a hard time raising kids, okay? It's a level, let's say, in, if, you, if you have to put it in levels, let's say that would be a level five. Right? You know, you go to a doctor, they tell you here, from one to ten, how painful are you? Six. Okay, so over here, how painful is? Which means, Rashi says, raising kids, six. Veronech is what? The, the, the labor. The labor. How bad is the labor? No, Seven. Wait, 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 not the labor, but the caring for nine months. You said that's, that's the caring, the, not the, the delivery. No, the, 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 not the, the caring, delivery, not the caring, delivery. Not the delivery. Right. Labor, I mean the... the, no, the just caring, yes. nine months. Then, that is the delivery. How painful is this? Nine. And then, Elishech Teshukatech, how painful it is? As the women. I told them in my shul, I told them, listen, if you think I'm wrong... Go ask your wife. They all laugh. They're like, you know, that, that far we're not going. We're not that, we're not, that's already a dangerous move. <laughs> true or not true? It's more painful. But those that stick around, it's true. Those that stick around, those that give up, they don't know if it's true. They just gave up and left. You know, today everybody, is the, like you said, they take the easy way out. They think. You got it? It works. The last one was going again. Which means, if there's something wrong, in a, if we're talking about relationship. Emotional. Emotional. It's a curse to a woman. It's a, it's a punishment to a woman. A woman would want something, but he's not, he's not interested, or whatever it is. But there's something bad over here for a woman. Is that more painful? That the Torah works over in steps. That's more painful than delivery itself without a pidoro. But the, the, the man also that has billions, he still wakes up in the morning because he wants to feel that also... Uh well, that's a different thing. So we're saying like this. When you put this in categories, a woman, if you see all of them, it's about her family. A woman is care, cares most about her family. That's when a woman, she wakes up in the morning, I have, she doesn't even wake up in the morning, she doesn't sleep at night. Women don't sleep at night. They're like, one ear, did the kid wake up? That's it. Right? But man, when he wakes up after a good sleep, what does he do? He goes running out. What does he go running out? He has to be. He has to accomplish today. If today he didn't accomplish, he didn't make money today. 
He was a failure today. And he feels a failure. He feels a failure. He can't, he can't face himself. When you come home, when you see your husband comes home unhappy, you should know business wasn't good today. And a, right, a good woman should make him feel good anyway, right? A woman has a power to make a man feel good, even though a man is, doesn't feel good. The man could come back home and he's sad and he's unhappy and he lost money. He lost money. They cheated him in business, this, that. Smart woman, and every woman has this, uh, has those tools, can make him feel happy. She can spin around things and make him feel happy. She knows how to do that. Women know how to do that. So, and why? Because Hashem gave her that, that wisdom. Because a woman is all about her family. Men, that's for her, Men for his family. Huh? What? Men do the opposite. They're very good at it. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah that's Even true. Even happy men come home and make them very unhappy. Chazak <laughs> <laughs> It was beautiful. questions in any topic the rabbi says any So you said something and I had a question. When you said that man labors and he brings the bread to the table and the woman is dependent on him and we say in Amidah don't we shouldn't uh, have the bread coming from that is true. a person the lowly day but not basar vadam yes, so that means that well the, Gemara, the, the, the Midrash says that kids look up to their mother kids look up to their mother they come home mommy what's, what's food oh, I don't have anything no, I, I made I made macaroni. I don't want macaroni. They depend and they don't they don't go crying to the father. Why? Who's the one that's feeding them? The mother. Women look up to the husband. That's it. What the the the, the, the washing machine broke. See the washing machine broke. So wait, wait, I didn't break it. No washing machine broke. Why is that? Because they look up. Somebody once said something very smart. When when uh, when Rachel says that's what she says to her husband. So he told her, he he, he, he answered her. That, how do you answer like this? Somebody who's in pain. But when she came, you said it in Hebrew and not in English. Yes. Sorry. Yes, Rachel came to her husband, and she told him, she told Yaakov Avinu. Um, give me children. She didn't have children. Right? Rachel didn't have children. She said to him, bring me children. If not, I'm dying. <laughs> so her husband says, well, what do you want from me? I'm, I'm, the, I'm not God. And had a ta'ana, had, had a complaint against him. He came to, 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 to Yaakov. How do you talk like this to a woman in pain? So what was the conversation over here? The way it was explained is the following. A woman feels that her husband is God. He's God. That's it. Give Havali Banim. You give me children. Woman goes to her husband. She doesn't go straight to Akadosh Bukhu. She also prays to Akadosh Bukhu. But she's dependent on her husband. 
And a man is dependent on the Kadosh Baruch Hu. That's the That's the order. So when we're saying, oh, don't be dependent on people, that is true. We're not dependent on strangers, and men don't depend on anybody. They depend on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But a woman, HaKadosh Baruch Hu created women to be dependent on her husband. That's the way it is. That's the way it is. Because a woman has... That's the way it is. Yes. Everybody recorded it. By the way, after that parasha, I came home and I said, Do you know you always complain, complain, complain? I said, It says so in the Torah, you are dependent on your husband. Now you know the answer. They don't listen. Thank you for reiterating it. <laughs> <laughs> you see, uh, they, they didn't even record it when I said that. Yes, they but, but, are dependent but, on the man. But the purpose, the purpose of this lecture was the man should come out saying that I'm to blame and I have to improve and the women should come out and saying ah, I need to improve but if a man goes and says you see, no, she has to improve that wasn't the context, the context was with today's uh, uh, feminism okay, it, which is a huge problem I said, you know, you're all trying to change to change, to change you can't change, if you believe in the Kadosh Baruch Hu, you can't change it because it says so in the Torah this was the, the design. Okay? That was the design. Doesn't mean the husband should come home and abuse, or a male should abuse a female. But you can't change the order of things just because you feel like it. It's not going to work. Yeah, we started the lecture, and, I, and everybody on this side weren't happy because I explained, and over here they were smiling, because I explained that men have to be very, very careful because since a woman pain. You understand? If you if you if you go to somebody and you pain him, sometimes he can't control his reaction because it hurts so much. You go to a dentist, you open your mouth, open your mouth, and he starts drinking. Stop! Ah! Well, what happens? Relax. What happened? I can't. It hurts so much. But a woman, if by labor we said that she can't without epidural, she can't. She screams. How much more she screams if it's more painful? That a man says something. So men don't have the right to make a woman feel bad. On the contrary, you come home, my dear wife, you're so wonderful, and you're so beautiful, and the house is so clean, and the food is so good. Even if things are not so, even if things are not so, but a person should think that way. You know why? I'll tell you why. He shouldn't lie, he should think that way, should convince himself. If you think your wife is not beautiful, who's punished? You. <laughs> you. If you think the food is not good, if you say to your wife, listen, the food is no good, that's, that, you're, not getting, you're not getting better food tomorrow. <laughs> you're sleeping on the couch tonight. So, you have, I'm not saying, this way is how to fix things. But that's not the way. The way is not to say, oh, I don't like the dress you're wearing. That's not the, that's not the correct way, right? That doesn't help. Try it, try it at home. Don't try it at home. <laughs> it doesn't, I'm telling you from experience of all men. It doesn't help. So let me say like this. The way things would work is to give the right compliment. You come home, you say, oh, my dear wife, that dress is gorgeous. Now, you like a different dress. You tell her, you know what? I also like this dress. I saw in a store a dress, beautiful. Very nice. Very nice. So she'll know. Now she knows. Oh, my husband likes this dress, but he also likes that dress. On me, on the house. I'm, uh, it's on me. Here, it's a hundred dollars. That's the correct way. Seto, you know what? I love your food, but I love this delicious. No, don't say it now. 
another two hours after <laughs> yeah I love chicken soup and uh, you know I, I tasted something of it. well you don't like my soup your soup is the best but tomorrow how about we try a different kind of soup now she knows you like this kind of soup she's going to make that kind of soup you know why because a woman if, she, if, if a woman tells you you know what I want something you'll run to do it for her that's the way it is that's rela- the way relationship works but that is the only way to accomplish to become a, a person that sees the good in the other person another question rabbi wants questions no, he doesn't want me to talk nonstop. He wants to hear questions from the crowd. Is the man supposed to lie in order to make the woman feel good? What do you say? I say yeah, but to a certain degree, like the man is not just supposed to lie, and like the woman is supposed to just the woman. He's not. So we right say, we're not called. You know who? Let's not call it lie. Let's say change the truth. Truth. You know who changed the truth for for Shlom Bay? That's it. That's it. <laughs> Next question. But the husband isn't happy. Why is not happy? He's not happy. He has to convince himself that he's happy. Nobody's happy. Get some more wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a controversial statement, but yes, we love controversial. You like it? <laughs> when Hashem asked the the, um, the woman, asked yes, why do you eat from the tree? So she said, I, I like to be fooled. And Nachash is she on me. Explain it. She said, basically, in English, she said, the Nachash said, the Isha said, what are you blaming? She said, she's saying to, I'm sorry, she said to God, what are you blaming me that I ate from the tree? The Nachash fooled me. I'm a woman. I like to be a little bit fooled. But you'll see that when a man said that Aisha Natata Imadi, Rashi says over here, there's, there's three reactions. There's the answer of the Nachash, the answer of the woman, and the answer of the man. By the Nachash, Akadosh didn't even ask him questions. Why? Because he was a Masit. So Akadosh punished him right away without giving him even a chance to explain himself. By a woman, he said to the woman, what? Nothing. He went straight. He heard her. He, he, she got punished, and he went to the Nachash to punish him. But by a man, Rashi says that he was. Rashi says that when he said, He was kofer batova. Why is that? Because there's a different responsibility by men and by women. Kofer, kofer means he received. No, I'm saying that to the men. But that's a that's a no, criticism to men, not to women. Yes. What the term means. Yes, the term. The term means what, Chacham? Yes. So it means yes. So you all understood what the rabbi said. Yeah, doesn't appreciate. Right. So man has to have a karatat of that what? The man said to Hashem, "It's the woman that you gave me." Oh, that she didn't appreciate. Which mean, I, and, and, I heard and, something else that that's not why he said that. Uh, he said that because he said not to eat from the tree, but he didn't eat from the tree. She gave it to him. She handed the fruit to him. Right, right. You learn to be a lot about. Adam never came to the tree. He didn't. Miss, um, he didn't not listen to Hashem, and if not for the woman. He wouldn't have sinned because right. he only spoke to Hashem. 
he did, he wouldn't the uh, what's the word uh, for the snake? Nachash. Nachash wouldn't come to Adam because Adam wouldn't talk to. But what happened over here is really the nature, if you take a look at the parasha of, of Adam and Chava, it's much to the nature of men and women that you're explaining. Who's usually jealous? What happens? Rashi says that she was afraid that she'll die and he'll marry another woman. So what, should she, what did she do? She poisoned him as well, that he should die as well. It's better off that my husband will die. It's called femme fatale. It's better off that my husband will die and not, and not marry another woman. She was created. If he would be okay. alive, Hashem would create another one from there. Okay, we're trying to learn the Musar that comes out of this, not uh, the... But that's what happened, you hear? That's basically what you're saying. That Nachash came to the women because he had a woman, because he had for her um, the right bait. He knew, if you go to man, he doesn't care, but he won't pay attention to you. And you have to convince him. You have for men. You have to give him something better than just an apple to to fall in the etzara. Adam didn't really have a choice, but woman did. Well, if and it, once he this happened, that from this point on, then he had a choice. That is true. What you're saying is the result. What she says is the reason, which means she, a man didn't, people didn't have Bechira yet. Going into a totally different uh, uh, point, and the point is that there was no Bechira, there was no, no Bechira Chofshit, there was no free choice up to then. And the, although they the made a choice of it, but it wasn't the way the Rizal explained, it wasn't in them yet. It was external, not internal, which means... It was very easy to conquer the Yetzirah. Today Yetzirah comes to you and it becomes nearly impossible to conquer in certain things. And you feel like, I want to conquer the Yetzirah, but I can't. It's so strong. It's so powerful. Back then it wasn't like that. So why did, why did Adam Rishon fail the test? Darizal explained that he wanted to put himself stronger in the test, which means he wanted the Yetzirah to go in him, so he, can, he could be Mekadesh Shamayim even more than it is. Okay, that's a different point. That's not the point we, we, we're talking about right now.